Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. In the previous episode, we uncovered several attributes of the God of the Judeo-Christian tradition. He hears, he cares, he is our shelter, our defender and deliverer. But how do we live in a world that is becoming increasingly strange to God's people? Our panel will endeavour to answer that question today. On our panel today, we have John Cosmire and Hannah Nakagawa. Good to have you with us, John and Hannah. Thank I'm looking forward you. to our discussion today. But before we begin, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to co commit this program to you today. We thank you that people all over the world are blessed by Let God Speak. And we pray that you will bless us too today as we discuss in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, John, a first question to you. Uh, in, um, in our dealings with, with God, is it always clear to us, you know, how he is treating us and how he's dealing us and how he's leading in our lives? That's one of the paradoxes about the experience of God because the, the book of Psalms is a book of experience. And this is where the Psalms deals with that. When you read in Psalm 74, verse 18 and 19, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed your name. O do not deliver the life of your turtle doves to the wild beasts. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. And here Asaph, who was the author of this particular psalm, which was one of the psalms of lament and sorrow, by the way, that um, uh, he is dealing with this question of why does God have the evil and the wicked and uh, the righteous, they experience very negative experiences at times. And then when you go down to verse 22 and 23, he asks the question, Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. Do not forget the voice of your enemies and tumult of those who rise up against you, increasing continually. And, and this is where the question is asked, you know, is God slow to hear? Mm. Um, and yet he says, before they speak, I will answer. And so you have this paradox uh, of the experience of God. Yeah, and it takes a bit of faith to be able to see beyond where we can't see, isn't it? Well, he seems to be absent mm. when we know that he's near. Mm. Yes, yeah, and in many ways, you know, the psalmists express all sorts of thoughts. They express joy, mm. they express thoughts of praise, but um, there's more than that. Uh, as you say, they give the, the voice to doubting, to, yeah. to questioning, and, and uh, here, here's another uh, psalm of lament or sorrow, Psalm 79. And uh, I'm going to read verses five and eight. Verse five, how long, Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Another, this is Asaph again, crying out. He's confused. And then uh, in, 
in uh, verse uh, 8, he says, Oh, do not remember former iniquities against us. Let your tender mercies come speedily to meet us, for we have been brought very low. Um, Hannah, can we cry out to God when, when we realised we are living in an imperfect world? Definitely, yes. And this cry, like, you know, how long, Lord? We can be really honest to God as well. When we see the big picture, yes, there is a um, great controversy going on between good and evil. And we see a lot of suffering. There's a um, battle going on with God and Satan. And in Psalm 79, uh, Asaph is crying out because Israel has been um, destroyed by their enemies. And this is microcosm of the battle between good and evil. And let's read um, chapter 79, verse 12 and 13. The Bible says, And return to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom, their reproach with which they have reproached you, O Lord. So we, your people and sheep of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. So here we see in verse 12, the neighbors that is talking about the force of evil. But here in verse 13, we see um, you people and sheep of your pastures. It's talking about um, God's uh, faithful people. So who are on the side of good and um, defiling of the temple mentioned in the verse one in the same chapter is reflection of God himself, how people have been treating, treating him. Uh, let's read verse 10. It says, why should that nation said, where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in our sight the avenging of the blood of your servants which has been shed. Hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, Hannah, that in verses 8 and 9, uh, the psalmist says, I do not remember former iniquities against us. Yes. Let your tender mercies come speedily to meet us, hmm. for we have been brought very low. Help us, O God. It's a kind of like, a, John, it's a, a very earnest cry, isn't it, this yes. one here that's going on? <laughs> well, Israel, of course, were in a bit of a pickle here, because they had not followed God the way they should have. So then he allows their enemies to afflict them. And the only place where the people can go is go back to God and say, God, when people see the way we are being treated, it is your, it is your reputation that's at, at stake. And so this is where <laughs> verse 9 have, have, a, have a look at that verse. For the glory of your name and deliver us and provide atonement for our sins. And this is where it's, uh, it's, it's God's reputation that is at stake here. And, uh, and to think that like in verse 10, why should the nation say, where is their God? Fancy question even the, the existence of God. And so Asaph here was dealing with one of the great difficulties that we have as we do what's wrong and then we actually show God to be something which he isn't. Yeah, when we read the, uh, the scriptures, we can get a kind of appreciation for the fact that Israel had brought God's name into disrepute. 
Um, but um, Hannah, can we as Christians dishonor the name of God today? Unfortunately, yes. Um, there's a saying that we must practice what we preach and we can turn off God by wrong action, by professing Christian. We can name the use of Christian or Christ, but we can fully misrepresent God, unfortunately. For example, <clears throat> the <clears throat> tragic abuse that can happen um, of uh, like abuse of children um, at the hand of clergy. Um, it is natural for people to say, wow, this is the Christianity. This is Christian. I don't want to be Christian. Mm. It can be um, possible to, for people to think that way. That um, for, for me, before I became a Christian, I thought that all the Christians are the same. If they do something, all of the Christians do the same thing, that kind of thing, which is very, um, yeah, dangerous as well. But there is a beautiful quote here from Desire of Ages. It says, the very image of God is to be reproduced in humanity. The owner of God, the owner of Christ is involved in the perfection of the character of his people. So here the image of God, the perfection of God is actually reproduced through humanity. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm going to read Psalm 41 verse 1 now. Um, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. So uh, here's David uh, clearly talking about the fact that we do have personal times of trouble. Uh, and John, are, are Christians somehow uh, fenced off from trouble? Are they immune from trouble? <laughs> Clive, I wish we were, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> but it hasn't turned out to be that way. However, there is verse 2 through to verse four. And what a blessing that is. Let's read it. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. So God is there preserving us and keeping us alive and he will be blessed on the earth. So we will find happiness. And then verse three says, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. The Lord is with us even in sickness. Mm. And how many people at present are sick in the world? Mm. The eighth wave of COVID is running right now. And this is where um, David says, look, God is there. He is merciful. Mm. He is a, an understanding God. We can still be blessed even when times are, are tough and God will sustain us mm. where we are sick because of what we ourselves have done God is also a forgiving God. And it's an important element of our healing that we ask and that we receive forgiveness from God. What a blessing that is. Amen. And this is where in verse 10, he says, but you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up that I may repay them. And so we can turn to God when we suffer. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go over to Psalm 102 and I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. This is um, a, a prayer of the afflicted. It says in my heading here, and verse 1 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Uh, this seems to be a common theme amongst some of these psalms of lament, the, the fact they are in trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call 
answer me speedily. Is there any suggestion here, John, that, that the, uh, the psalmist suffering is somehow his own fault? Yeah. There are some things that are, mm. but not necessarily always. Because here in verse um, 11, it says, My days are like a shadow that lengthens, and I wither away like g- grass. And, uh, and this is what happens to us, especially you and I. Yeah, we, have know, age, don't we? we have a limited lifespan, don't we? We have a limited lifespan, and that, that's part of living. And so uh, that'll be replaced by eternal life. But we're not talking about that now, except that the God of our life, present life, is also the God of our eternal life. And that's what he is aiming us for. Mm. Mm. So, uh, John, can we remember uh, the qualities of, of God in life's trials? And things are going tough for us. Can we remember, you know, the character of God? Yes. Fortunately, there's another psalm, and that's Psalm 88. When you read verse 11 and 12, Psalm 88, verse 11 and 12. Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave or your faithfulness in the place of destruction? The answer to that, both of those questions, of course, is no. Shall your wonders be known in the dark? No. And your righteousness in the land be forgetfulness? The answer is no. And despite affliction, the psalmist still remembers God's loving kindness and his faithfulness. And so, as Clifford Goldstein has written, although the psalmist suffers, he does not deny God's love and knows that God is his only salvation. These appeals show that the psalmist knows not only suffering, but also has an intimate knowledge of God's grace. And the two do not necessarily exclude each other. Mm. And it's good to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, good to so, remember that. Yeah, so what about Jesus, Hannah? Did he know what, what it was like to, to suffer? Yes, definitely. It is a amazing thing that Jesus, who um, was in heaven, all the, he had all the glory, but he came to live on this earth and he know what it is. Um, to live on this earth. And of course he knows what it is. And actually he suffered more than, even more than us. He suffered um, worse than ours. Um, and his, um, the thing is that his suffering was not caused by his own um, wrong choice or his, um, you know, his action, no. He suffered for us. Let's read um, First Peter chapter two. And we will read verse 21 to 24. The Bible says, For to this you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return, When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judged righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by those stripes, by whose stripes you are healed. He was without sin. 
all the things that he suffered was for us. And, and I guess you could say, uh, John and Hannah, you know, with Jesus being one with his father, mm. both the father and the son understood what it was to experience suffering. Wouldn't you say that? Clive, it's interesting for me that the first book of the Bible that I think was written was actually the book of Job. And here God answers the question, yeah. you know, of suffering. Yeah. Behind it, there is the devil. Yeah, the we are experiencing the suffering that's going on. And just like the book of Psalms is the experience of God, the book of Job is actually the experience of suffering and how it is uh, that God explains it. And here, when you go to Job chapter 23 and you read verse 8, 9 and 10, look, I go forward, but God is not there and backward but I can't perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. But then comes verse 10. But he knows the way that I speak, I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as as gold. Mm. And if God has to do that to turn us into the pure gold that, uh, that he needs, so be it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to go back to Psalm 42, uh, back into the, the songbook of the Bible again. Psalm 42 and verses 1 to 3. Some lovely words here. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Then he asks this question, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? So here we have a bit of a, uh, a contrast going on, haven't we, Hannah, between uh, assurance and also questioning. Mm. What's happening here? Yes, there's a famous um, song for this as the deer. But yeah, here that we see some being troubled, greatly troubled about personal and group suffering. And now he's expressing his feeling that God is not present. We may experience that in our life as well, that God is, God is, we feel like God is so far away from us and God is not caring about the hardship. So he here likes um, this dilemma to thirst and needing satisfaction in verse one and two. Um, you know, like there's the deer panted for the water brooks. Um, and, you know, the tears um, um, wondering where God is. But here uh, we can read Psalm 63, how it might be a little bit different here. Uh, Psalm 63 verse 1, it says, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So it's a little bit similar here that looking for the answer, looking for God's presence. Um, But this time he has an answer. Let's read verse two to three. It says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see you, your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. So he finds God in a sanctuary where um, the types represent a saving sacrifice fulfilled in Jesus. 
but it is not always easy to come to the point. We may feel like we are abundant, but here, it's, there was an answer here. Mm. Uh, John, can you, um, you know, when you, you talked about Job just a little while ago um, and his coming to an understanding of why he was suffering. Um, can you apply the lessons of scripture to your own personal experience in any way? You have to. Otherwise, why read the scriptures? And this is where the Bible is our best guide. And so uh, we, uh, we partake of it. And I think a very good example of that is found in, uh, in Psalm 39 and verse 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Here we are interacting with God on uh, the question of our suffering. And when you have someone like David who had experienced some of the worst things that you could do, David had been guilty indirectly of the death of Uriah. Well, for me, it wasn't indirect, it was direct. And this is where um, he could be forgiven of that, but only after he had prayed to God. And so we apply that to our lives. Mm. Yeah. Uh, John, you might like to share David's, David's prayer about, you know, when he was confronted by Nathan. Um, can you read for us Psalm 51 and verses 1 and 2 there and share that with us, please? Yes. Psalm 51 and verse 1 and 2. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. You notice how David is praying here yeah. directly to God. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And so what applied to him also applies to us as well. Yeah, and, and prayer uh, has a, a, a strong part to play, doesn't it, mm. in our, our search for, for God when he doesn't always seem to be present in mm. our experience. Um, Psalm 51 and verse uh, 14 is notable where he says, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. Uh, and of course, this is directly to do with Uriah, mm. his death. Deliver me from... The guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Um, so, so David was a, was a man after God's own heart, despite his, his sin. Um, Psalm 77 is uh, an interesting one. Um, Asaph uh, seems to be like a pendulum here. <laughs> uh, Hannah, I think he's going between questioning <laughs> and, and assurance. Yes. And, and I'm going to read verse, verse 2 of Psalm 77 uh, just to illustrate this. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. Mm. My soul refused to be comforted. And then in verse 3, he, he, he is troubled by remembering God. How can that be, Hannah? Yes. Um, he seemed to have this anguish moment. Uh, he's been affected mentally and physically, and his spirit is really overwhelmed uh, in verse 3. Um, and verse 4, it says that he cannot um, sleep. Uh, he said that you hold my eyelid open. And verse 4, uh, he cannot speak neither. And then he asked us, asked, 
some serious question. Let's read uh, verse 7 to 9. It says, Will the Lord cast cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed for more, forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? This like question, like, oh, did he, has he um, forsaken us? And, but he gets some reassurance as well. Um, let's read verse 10. And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the ears of the right hand of the Most High. I would remember his, um, you know, right, right hand. But it's not uh, only there. Uh, verse 11. Um, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. So he looked back and remember that, yes, God has done this, done this, done this. He kind of um, um, reminded, he was reminded of what God has done for his life uh, before in a previous way, uh, in previous. Um, so, yeah, I think we can also do the same thing when we are in a darkness. We can't see God. We can always remember what he has done. Um, before. Yeah. Um, another issue that addressed in the Psalms, uh, John, is the apparent prosperity of wicked people. You know, why do the wicked prosper? Um, for example, Psalm uh, 94 and verse 3 says, How long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Um, is there an answer to this question, John? It's the only thing the wicked will get. Because when Jesus comes, their reward is different to those of the righteous. And so we're not to fret about the way God deals with the wicked. There's a, in Psalm 49, verse 5 to 7, and I like the way the New Tra- uh, Living Translation puts verse 8 and 9. Redemption does not come so easily for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. And so uh, we, uh, it doesn't matter because God is there working to save us. It reminds us of the little story of the rich man who died. Someone asked, how much did he leave? The answer, all of it. And so riches will not save us. All heaven has poured out its riches in Jesus Christ for our redemption. Mm. Yeah, what a wonderful thought to close on, John. Yes. Yes, unfortunately, the, the clock is against us once again. Um, but uh, my guests today have been John Cosmire and Hannah Nakagawa. Good to have you with us as we discuss today. You know, when the Israelites went into captivity in Babylon, the psalmist says that they were asked to sing one of the songs of Zion. The reply was, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In many ways, followers of Jesus Christ seem to be living in a strange land too. We have many questions. God's leading is not always clear to us. You may have doubts at times. Bible writers felt the same way. But there is the assurance that God is in control. Let him have control of your life today. We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you're blessed by this program, why not tell your friends? 
Remember all past programs plus teachers' notes are available on our website 3abinaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.